Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back to La Vessie, the podcast. This is episode 19, guys. Episode 19. You're like, why does she repeat it? Because I'm weird. Mm, yes. Okay, so last week, I said I was going to talk about shards of hope, right? <laughs> Guess what? No, that's not what I'm going to talk about this week because real life got in the way of my reading and um, I do not finish the book. Uh, so it'll be really, really real, 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 which uh, I, just, I think I read like the first paragraph and then, you know, life was just like a lot. And so I didn't finish. So I will, I will be doing it next week because guys, uh, I'm recording this on May 3rd. Uh, You'll be hearing this on May 4th. But that means that we are a month and five days away from Alpha Night coming out. And, um, bitch, ladies, friends, peoples, y'all, it's so fucking, so fucking good. Anyway, so you're probably like, okay, so we're not going to talk about, like, Shards of Hope. Like, what are you going to talk about? And if you keep, like, hearing, like, random, like, what sounds like music in the background, um, I'm recording from my room in the Bronx. And somebody in my neighborhood is, I can't tell if they're live streaming um, a DJ on Instagram or if they just decided that they were going to DJ tonight. Um, but that's what you're hearing in the background. That and like my upstairs neighbors do like to run around. Uh, it's apparently one child that runs around and stomps a lot. And so if you hear those things, it's, it's, you know, just guys, it's a party. It's a party, party time. Y'all, y'all. Um, it was actually absolutely gorgeous today. So I understand people are, you know, letting off some steam while playing some music and, enjoying life so anyway you're like well you still haven't said what you're gonna talk about girl i mean by this point you've seen like the cover art for this week's episode so in case uh, i mean you should know but (laughs) i'm going to be talking about an author that i really really love and she's really really awesome and i love all of her books and she has a new book coming out this month and i got to read uh, an arc of it and if you're like what is an arc it is not noah's boat uh we're not talking about anybody drowning here it is an advanced reader copy you know instead of saying advanced reader copy all 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 of the time we just say arc right and you're like oh okay cool um so yeah the book is coming out this month and the author that i am going to be talking so you guys about oh my god don't know why i just did that um it's jackie lao and you're probably like if you've listened to me i i talk about her all the time um if you've never listened to me and this is your very first episode and you're kind of like what in the world have i stumbled across um welcome so jackie lao's upcoming book is called pregnant by the playboy is fong brothers book one and my friends this book will be available for all of you to read on may 26 2020 so may 4th is when you're hearing this meaning in 22 days after that 22 uh you can read pregnant by the uh pregnant i was gonna say pregnant by the fong no pregnant by the playboy which is fong brothers book 
one. Now, if you've read Jackie before, right? If you've read her books, right? And you're just like, oh my God, Esther, I'm also a huge fan of right? I've read also all of her books. Uh, the oldest Fong brother got his book in the Quan Sisters series, right? And that would be Mr. Hotshot CEO. So Julian Fong, who is the older brother of the main character of this book, Vince Fong, has his book called Mr. Hotshot CEO. And here's the thing. If you haven't read this and you're like, oh my God, I would love to read Julian's book before I read Vincent's or Vince's book. Guess what? Mr. Hotshot CEO is free at all retailers until the end of May. I said free, okay? Free 99. As in you pay zero, zero, zero for it. As in you pay no monies, zero monies, none of the monies. It is free for you to read. And it is actually, okay. And is that the first Jackie Law book I read? I think it is. And I will say this, content warning, um, it deals with a main character that has depression, but I think it does it so, so well. And that was me pounding my fist for emphasis, in case you're like, eh. Um, because I don't, I feel like I've read romances where there's the f- fact that a character has depression is sort of alluded to, but this dealt with it straight on and she I, she does a really good job of you understand why the character is going through what they're going through and you're not like oh but she should just no and um I think what I also really appreciated is I think often we assume well if you are depressed but then you fall in love then that means you're not depressed anymore right because you're happy and you're in love and like that's that's you know that's that is the band-aid that you slap on the problem that is called life and then it is perfect bitch no that's not how life works right that's not literally how life works like you can meet that perfect person and you can fall in love with them and they can fall in love with you because i you know both that kind of needs to happen for y'all to have a relationship it can't be like no no this one-sided unrequited bullshit and yet life is still going to be difficult things like clinical depression are still going to be a reality even if you're happily married and you know have a wonderful life with your partner doesn't mean that this 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 issue you were dealing with just magically floats away like i mean it's not the movies so that's not how that works so i think i remember just reading it i remember two things when i read that book that really stuck out to me the fact that she dealt i think really well with that subject and also she writes she writes a toronto that I think when people ask me, oh, like, what's so cool about Toronto? You grew up there. Da, da, da. And I'm hesitant to say anything because I have my own complicated feelings about the place I grew up in. But I can point now to her books and be like, this is an author that has showcases, you know, sort of the highlights of that city. Um, because there are so many things that are absolutely wonderful about the city of Toronto. I sometimes, because of my complicated feelings about the city that I grew up in, um, forget about those things and just sort of focus on the negative. And so I think that um, she does a really good job of using the setting of Toronto. And maybe you're going to read it and you're going to be like, I don't see it. 
and you're not from Toronto, so you're just be like, it, it seems like any other regular city to me. Um, and so maybe it's just like all in my head. But if you are, you know, Canadian, have ever been to Toronto, know anybody in Toronto, I think when you read her books, you'll be like, ooh, yes, yeah, yes, yes, that is correct. Yes, I like it. Good. Um, okay, so you're probably wondering, okay, so what does this mean? You're going to talk about her. Like what? You're just going to ramble about this one author for this whole episode? Yes, that's, that's, yes. Sort of all like how I did the same thing for Tali Hibbert, I think, uh, two episodes ago. Same thing, same thing. Um, so Jackie, um, Lau's backlist is not like enormous. So if you're like, oh, I'd love to read all her books, but Esther, I can't read 35 books. We're not at 35 yet. We're not at 35 yet. I believe it's like, hold on. Wow, I forgot how to count. Anyway, she's got like less than 20. So you can, you'll be all right. So I think what I'm going to do is, um, hmm. All right. So notice how I mentioned that, uh, um, Vince's brother already has his book and that was part of the Quan Sisters series. So the Quan Sisters series was two books. Um Grumpy Fake Boyfriend was book 1 and Mr. Hotshot CEO was book 2. I read Mr. Hotshot CEO first and then read uh, Grumpy Fake Boyfriend much later. Um and you're probably like so what's like that about? I mean very much on the nose of the title. I'm going to read you the blurb for Grumpy Fake Boyfriend. Meet Will Stafford. I'm a pretty simple guy. When I'm not writing a science fiction novel, I'm watching a good movie or reading a book alone. I like my reclusive life. That is, until my only friend asks for a favor. Pretend to be his baby sister's boyfriend on a couple's getaway. Her ex is going to be there and she needs me as a buffer. I should have sat down. But Naomi is bubbly, energetic, and beautiful. She also means everything to her brother. But now, our fake romance is starting to feel all too real. And I find myself stuck between the promise I made to my friend and risking my heart to the one woman who might actually get me. Okay, if you guys like fake relationships, you know, fake dating, people being like, yo, can you help me out because I don't want my ex to know or to think that I'm pining over them and blah, 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 blah. this is the book for you. If you like uh, main characters who are grumpy and are just like, why do I have to like be around people? Can't I just be alone? But then they start to make the effort because they care about the other person and are willing to put themselves into situations that they don't quite enjoy because they care for the other person. A book for you. This is the book for you. Just read the book. As, as a good. as a very good. You want to read it. Um, and I think it's like, um, I think what I also really liked about this, usually when someone comes up with this fake dating idea, it often comes, uh, I feel like often in romance, we see it coming from like a female friend or some, the fact that it's her brother who's like, you know what, what's the best way to not have to deal with your ex being a douche canoe, just get a fake, just have a fake date it's like wait skirt what what right because i think often this idea is more like the brothers gonna be like no you can't be anywhere near my sister because i am man and i am angry um (laughs) i'm so sorry so sorry guys um 
And that's not what we get here. We get him being like, you know what? Homeboy's not going to harass you if you show up with a boyfriend. Like, you're going to leave you alone. And I've got the perfect... I've got the perfect candidate. Here's my friend. He don't even like people. So he'll be grumpy and you'll be able to sort of use that as a shield to hide behind. I really liked that because I feel like that's that's different from what we're used to seeing. So I was like, oh, yes, yes, I like this is good. As I, you know, I already talked about Mr. Hodge, our CEO, but I really kind of want to read you guys the blurb because whatever. I'm reading it to you. Meet Julian Fong. As CEO of Fong Investments, I'm a busy man. In fact, my family claims I'm an obsessive workaholic. And when they force me to take two weeks off, I have no idea what to do with myself. While brooding over an espresso, I meet Courtney Kwan, a biomedical researcher who savors the little things in life. And suddenly, an idea strikes me. I will pay this woman to teach me how to enjoy my vacation from work. Soon, I find myself doing crazy things like baking cookies, reading for pleasure, buying a phallic cactus, and falling in love. But Courtney is dealing with some serious issues of her own, and I fear that when I return to work, I won't be able to give her what she needs, and I'll lose her forever. Okay, guys. Homeboy straight up is like, I'm going to pay this woman that I see at a coffee shop to teach me how to enjoy vacation from work. Listen, I go to coffee shops a lot. I mean, I did before, you know, the pandemic. Anyway, I go to coffee shops a lot. If like a hot dude was like, hey, can I pay you so you can teach me how to enjoy the simple things in life? I would have signed up so motherfucking fast. Heads would spin. Heads would spin. I'd be like, yes, we can start now order a this specific latte order this pastry and we're gonna sit here and we're gonna savor we're not gonna you know it's not a test you don't need to tell me what notes you can taste on your palate from the latte no 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 we're not doing that we're just gonna sit here we're gonna enjoy it and then we're gonna go outside and then we're gonna stand underneath like do you pay you paid someone to teach you how to enjoy life i love It was so ridiculous and I love that this was his thought. Like, it seems so on brand because he is CEO of Fong Investments. So clearly all he ever does is work with money, think about money, deal with all of his problems with money. So of course, when it's like, what should I do on this forced two-week vacation? Let me throw money at the problem by paying some woman to show me how to enjoy life. And then, of course, you know, you fall in love. <laughs> Sorry. I just love that because it's just like, dude, really? That's what? Okay. So then, right? So you can read those two books as you know that's one complete series because obviously the two kwan kwan sisters get their loves their happily ever afters well when we when i was reading mr hotcha ceo vince uh julian's younger brother does make an appearance and i was just like "Ooh, oh what is he getting a book i hope he's getting a book i want a book for him where where is his book i want his book give me his book and jackie lao was like oh god y'all are annoying but here you go i mean here's his book and so 
pregnant by the playboy is thong brothers book one and you're like how's it book one julian already got his book there's a there's another brother cedric um i don't remember i think cedric is briefly mentioned but he didn't make as much of an impression as as vince did anyway so this is the book that's coming out may 26 so you can read mr hotshot ceo right now because like i said earlier it's free motherfucking 99 so that you can then be prepared to read this book that you will pre-order because why not i mean what else can we do we can't go outside anyway here's the blurb for this book i've got a pretty great life if i do say so myself i made a fortune when i sold my tech startup and i've spent the years since partying drinking and inviting a parade of women into my bed i should be happy but I feel an annoying lack of fulfillment and there's no way I'm going back to the work I did before. At a friend's party, I meet Marissa. We have hot sex against the door and agree to spend the weekend together. Just one weekend. I never expect to see her again. Except uh, now she's pregnant with my baby. And I think this is the solution to all my problems. This is what will bring meaning to my life. I'm going to be a devoted father and husband. Marissa, whose last name I still don't know, wants me to be involved, though she rejects my marriage proposal. But before the baby arrives, I'm going to prove to her that I can be something other than a playboy. And the rare times I set my mind to something, I don't fail. Okay, so this book, I just finished reading The Ark, The Advanced Reader Copy. okay how do i it's good and it's good for many many reasons right in the blurb you notice that he says that he proposed and she was like sir what i love that right because that knee-jerk reaction to propose we see that happen in romance often and sometimes i'm like reading and i'm like why did you say yes this is dumb it's different when it's like oh my god i'm proposing so that you can have access to the health insurance that you need blah 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 that's a whole other conversation but like this is happening in canada so technically she doesn't need that she has a job so marissa was just like i'm a grown-ass woman what no we're not getting what i'm not getting engaged to you sir we spent one weekend together one weekend what kind of crazy talk have you lost your goddamn mind? And I love that. I love that Marissa wasn't just like, oh my God, he proposed. I, I have to say yes. She was just like, ooh, whole, mm, I'm sorry. What? No, try again. Try again. And actually, no, don't try again. Calm the fuck down, right? So this book is hot. Also, there are some scenes that I was like, oh my, I'm clutching pearls. And then I was like, why am I clutching pearls? I love this yes uh jackie oof, mm, thank you for this book um this book also i think touched me very personally like on a personal level uh because i'm the same age as the heroine and so part of her journey i was like oh i've had those thoughts oh what if that happens to me oh oh my god is jackie in my mind um of course not guys we're we're not we're not there yet we can't telepath to each other one day one day but not not quite but it i really really enjoy this book um vince is a character that i was like ooh, vince ooh. i mean i really like you but you're setting yourself up for something not so good and i like that marissa wasn't just like oh my god a rich dude ah 
proposed let me just like roll over and be fine with it like she was like mm, no 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 what we're not going to do is just run up and get together um it i really really enjoyed this and i think um if you are you know in your mid to late 30s and you want to read a heroine that is relatable this this book right here right right here this book i really 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 enjoyed marissa um although i did have a brief moment where i was like girl what in the world but i really uh, aside from that moment i was like ooh, yeah mm. it felt so like i literally wanted to be like what was was she in the room with me listening to me moan and complain about some of these things like what like she really really captures what might be going through the mind of someone who is in her you know mid to late 30s and gets pregnant after you know yeah i mean it's not a one night stand specifically because it was like a whole weekend so it's like more than one night but you know what i mean like and the decisions that you make at that point in your life that you wouldn't have made at an earlier point in your life right because most women not let me not generalize let me speak about myself if I had gotten knocked up by a one night stand when I was like 22, I would have been like, so no, we're not doing this right now. Let's, you know, the solution is going to have to be a, a, a bouchon. But now at my ripe old age of 36, I'd be like, huh, this might be my last chance. So you know what? Okay, let's let's figure this out. Let's do this. And the fact that Vince is, I'm like, ew, you're pregnant. Go away. But instead it's like, oh, ooh you're pregnant well let's do this let's get married let's 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 start this and she's kind of like you don't just want to show up like one weekend every month Um, okay i mean fine um which that's what my reaction would be if i got knocked up and told the guy and he was like bet let's do this i'd be like "Eh, hold up you're not running for the exit you're not screaming Uh, okay i mean cool um, so I really, really, really enjoyed it. Okay, so if you're like, oh, I really want to read Jackie, but I don't want to wait for a book that doesn't come out for another 22 days and I want to read something complete. She's got a lovely, um, sorry, I thought I was going to cough, but then I didn't. <laughs> um, she's got a lovely holiday novella series. So if you're like, I need a novella. Because I really can't commit to full length books right now. Because, you know, craziness. These are like perfect length. Um, It's four different holidays. And the series is called Holidays with the Wongs. And these books, okay. My favorite is the second one. And I'm going to tell you, there's two reasons why, right? Um, First reason, the one of the main characters is a black woman. Second reason, um, she had me do a sensitivity read for that, and I was like, oh my god, I feel so fucking honored. Like, what? So, yeah, that's why the second one is my favorite, and also, like, it, it, I just really enjoyed it. Anyway, you're probably like, well, are you gonna tell us about the series? I am. So, book one in Holidays with the Wongs is called A Match Made for Thanksgiving. Now, for those of you who are listening who do not, who've never lived in Canada, Canada celebrates Thanksgiving in October 
not November like the United States. Some people might be like, well, what? Like, that's just how things are, right? So Canadian Thanksgiving happens before American Thanksgiving. Um, so in case you start reading and you're like, I'm so confused. Why are they talking about October? That's when it happens. Anyway, here's the blurb. Advertising executive Nick Wong enjoys living in Toronto. He loves late nights partying and taking women back to his penthouse. And so it is with great reluctance that he returns to his boring hometown of Mosquito Bay for Thanksgiving. This year, however, is even worse than usual. His interfering parents and grandparents, frustrated with the lack of weddings in the family, have invited blind dates for him and his three siblings. Nick's brother, Greg, has been set up with Lily, I don't know how to say this last name, so I'm going to spell it out, T-S-E-N-G, who just so happens to be Nick's latest one-night stand, the one he can't get out of his mind. Although Nick has never been interested in settling down, Lily has him reconsidering. Perhaps he's good for more than a single night of sex, dumplings, and bubble tea after all. But first... He has to get through this painful weekend with his family and convince her that she should be with him, not Greg. Okay, so just imagine you come home for Thanksgiving and your parents have set you up with blind dates and your brother's blind date is a girl you had a one night stand with. Not like many, many years ago, but like literally a month ago, not even imagine the awkwardness um and then not only that you've been you can't stop thinking about her and now that you are once again in her orbit you're just like wait 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 no choose me not my brother choose me i loved this this was just like such a like i thought it was so fascinating that the parents and grandparents were like you know what we've got four kids here and none of them are married no 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 this is this is not acceptable what are we gonna do get them blind dates like it's a reality tv show oh it was this was a very enjoyable very enjoyable book so then book two for holidays with the wongs is called a second chance road trip for christmas Okay, guys, Second Chance Road Trip for Christmas is the title of the book. In case you are confused, this is a book about a second chance romance with a road trip in it. <laughs> See what you did there? Okay, so here's the, you're like, I said I hate you. You love me. You love me. Here's a blurb. Greg Wong hates when things don't go according to plan, so he definitely doesn't appreciate it when his mother insists he drive Tasha Edwards back to Mosquito Bay for the Christmas holidays. He likes peace and quiet when he's in the car, and that's the opposite of what you'll get with Tasha, his high school sweetheart, the first woman he ever loved. Not that he has feelings for her now, of course not. Though, while he's trying not to smile at her laughter and terrible singing, he can't help noticing how beautiful she is. And then his plans veer further off course when a snowstorm forces them to spend the night in an unheated motel room with only one bed. Guys, I made that emphasis because we get a second chance romance. We get a road trip and then we get only one 
bed with no heat, which means that they have to cuddle, right? Because they got to stay warm because if not, they could catch hypothermia and die. I love that shit so much. I love it. It, it is I love only one bed. I love when that moment where they both realize like we have to be in that bed together. And it's like, oh, it's fine. We're adults. We can do this. It doesn't matter if I'm having feelings or if I'm feeling lustful. We can do this. And of course, <laughs> by do this, you do things. And it's like, no, I, okay. So like I said, I had to do, you know, she wanted me to read it to make sure that like, she hadn't in any way done done or something that would like make you know uh black people be like the fuck and so here's the thing right like it greg is set in his ways and is kind of like think oh she said that he looks like harry golding with glasses so think of harry golding with glasses and like talking sternly to you being like what did you say and you know just uh mm. someone who has uh oh what is it the gray has oh como se llama uh the thing with the <gasps> model train set <laughs> i was like what is the thing called you know like think of the attention to detail to set those up but then imagine all of that focus and attention turned on to you mm mm I love it. I love it. No, this was really fun. And like, Greg is really, I thought he, the way he went about things with his high school sweetheart. Um, I wrote, when I wrote my review for this, one of the things that I really appreciated was that these were two people that made the decision to end their relationship, not because they were cruel or mean to each other or did sort of there were no weird misunderstandings of like i thought he cheated i thought she cheated it wasn't any of that they were young they 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 were you know they'd graduated high school were going to um universities in separate cities still within the same province but separate cities and decided to be to do that thing that's considered mature and responsible which is follow their educational goals at the expense of their relationship it was like it wasn't like tasha was like i'm just gonna throw away my chance at an education to follow you to your school even though it doesn't have the program i need and he didn't do that either they were both like you know what this isn't working out and i think he mentions that like he you know and so instead of this being like oh second chance but it's like there's all of this like hurt and animosity that they have to like wade through to get to the other side it's more like we made a decision at that time because it just seemed crazy to be like oh you found your person in high school that's wild <laughs> that's not how life works and to reconnect again when they're much older and be like maybe we maybe th we th this is wh what you are my person oh my god and then be in the place that they now are in to be together oh i really really enjoyed it um and it's just like and i mean snowstorm getting you stranded is you know like that shit happens like you know i mean this is canada so we're talking about real snow not how some of y'all get disconcerted and or can't figure out what to do after four inches mm -mm -mm. it's a little more than that but you know i'm just saying 
such a, and it's again these are novellas so they're not like massive 3000 page long tomes that you could conceivably be reading until the summertime now you you can you can enjoy them in a, in a day or two or less depends on how fast you read okay so book 3 is a fake girlfriend for chinese new year Yes, guys, fake dating. I love it. So here's the blurb. After his family's matchmaking extravaganza at Thanksgiving, high school teacher Zach Wong is terrified of what his parents might do for Chinese New Year. Surely they'll try to set him up yet again, especially now that his older brothers are in relationships. Zach, however, has no interest in dating, not since his fiance left him. The solution? Find a fake girlfriend to avoid his parents' matchmaking. Joe McGregor, the town dentist, is the obvious choice. They both live in Mosquito. They both live in Mosquito Bay and have been friends for years, ever since they bonded over broken engagements. A few kisses and dates around town, and everyone will believe they're in a relationship. No problem. Except their fake relationship is starting to feel more and more real. So this was like, I'm again. I believe Zach is the one who comes up with the concept. Is he the one that comes up with the idea of fake dating or is he talking about his problem with Joe? And she's like, well, you know, I think he comes up with this on his own and is like, can you help me with this problem? And she's like, of course. And the reason she says, of course, is because I'm not telling y'all, y'all have to go read the book. Um, But I was just like, oh, girl, are you sure this is what you want to do? And then she did it. But it's like so much. Red. Oh, and there's a Pictionary. Is it Pictionary? Is Pictionary the one where you have to or no charades you have to act it out pictionary is the one where you have to draw simp stuff for the person to guess the word i'm pretty sure that's one uh homegirl joe she draws something that i was like oh girl you you took it there and the grandparents are like damn girl um yes wonderful i it, i really enjoyed oh and zach is a Unlike his two older brothers, he doesn't, he hasn't left Mosquito Bay, right? Uh, Nick and Greg both live in Toronto, but Zach lives in Mosquito Bay, like not too far from his parents, um, which I was like, oh, this is so sweet. You sit in the small town. And then the last book in the series is called A Big Surprise for Valentine's Day. And it's got, oh, I love this cover because it's got like donuts and coffee and tea things I love. Anyway, blurb. Amber Wong has landed her dream job at the Stratford Festival and life is looking good. Sure, she hasn't had sex in so long that her condoms have expired, but she'll just pick up some new ones along with some discounted Christmas chocolate at the grocery store. And that's where she runs into Dr. Sebastian Lamb, the son of her parents' close friends whom she hasn't seen in years. He's moved back to Ontario, newly single, and oh my god. He's really hot. The attraction is mutual and no strings attached. Sex is the perfect arrangement for both of them since Amber has sworn off dating after a string of terrible boyfriends. But what if their families find out they're spending time together and start interfering in their lives? That would be a disaster. Even worse, if they develop feelings for each other, given a relationship is the last thing Amber wants right now. So this is more of a question of like they see each other in the grocery store and are like, eh, fuck buddy, fuck buddy, yes. 
except you know feelings and then interfering family and all of that like the shit that comes along with that you know when you know your parents and his parents are like wait what's happening and you're just like uh 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 because like let's be real none of us would ever be like yes mother i have a friends with benefit relationship with them what no no nope no 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 we don't do that i don't think so yeah so uh a lovely series okay so i'm gonna pause here so y'all can run and go get your snacks or whatever and then i'll be my because um the next series is uh this one uh is Ooh, the next series i'm sorry as i'm like i'm gonna pause here but the next series is all about food so you should really get some snacks you know i mean if you don't and you get hungry it's not my fault Okay, I'm back. And now I'm going to talk to you about the Baldwin Village series by by Jackie Lau. Okay, you're probably like the Baldwin what? Baldwin Village series. So first up, we've got a novella. One bed for Christmas. It's it's in the title, guys. There's one bed for Christmas. One bed when it's cold. So what do they have to do? Snuggle. (laughs) Anyway, here's the blurb. Let me be clear. I've been friends with Caitlin, her last name is NG, for more than a decade and I've had a crush on her for just as long. And I've known all that time that I wasn't her type. When we met, we were both studying computer engineering at university. She was near the top of the class and I was in danger of flunking out. Now she's a CEO and I, well, I'm wearing an inflatable T-Rex costume and dancing along to Christmas carols sung by an elderly barbershop quartet. Yes, I'm being paid to do this. And that's how Caitlin finds me when she leaves work late in the middle of a snowstorm. She has to stay with me because her house is farther away and her power's out. Of course I say yes. When the heat goes out of my apartment, she asks me to join her in bed to snuggle for warmth. I say yes too. Being so close to her is dangerous for my heart. Or could a weekend of Christmas fun actually lead to the romance I desire? Okay, so I love this for many reasons. Again, one bed, it's cold, snowstorm, perfect, right? So there's that forced proximity, right? Because they have to hang out together because like they're in his apartment. But I also love that it isn't a case of... Him being this high-powered CEO and uh, having to save this young woman from the cold. It's the opposite, right? I mean, he is still saving her from the cold, but, like, she's a high-powered CEO. And he's dressed up in a T-Rex outfit for Christmas time. So, clearly, it isn't a... it sort of flips that whole concept of like the powerful man with all of his money comes and saves you. It's like, no, 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 no. Sometimes that's not what you need at all. And so it's just a, a sweet little novella that sort of sets the scene for this wonderful place called Baldwin Village, right? And Baldwin Village does technically exist in Toronto. It's a real place. Um, but none of the businesses in the series are real. You can't go find them, sadly, because there's a few that I would 
patronized every time um, I went home to see family, if they were real. Um, but yeah, I really, um, it, again, it's a novella. So if you're like, hmm, and you might be like, Esther, it's a Christmas novella and it's May. Okay, and I mean, so much is happening. Just, just take it. Remind yourself of the warmth of Christmas with this novella. Okay, so book one in Baldwin Village is called The Ultimate Pie Day Party. Okay, and uh, the cover model, <laughs> he's shirtless, guys. And he's delicious. Almost as delicious as pie. Almost. So, our blurb begins with, Meet Joshua. If there's one thing that might get my dad, a retired math teacher, to visit Toronto and have a real conversation with me for the first time in 17 years, it's a big nerdy pie day party. And hopefully this party and seeing the tech company I built from nothing will finally be enough to impress him and make him forgive me for everything I did when I was a teenager. But it's got to be a really great party. That's where Sarah Winters comes in. She owns Happy as Pie, a sweet and savory pie shop, and wants to get into catering. She makes an amazing lamb rosemary pie, cherry pie, lemon lime tort. You get the idea. She'll provide the food and help me plan the party. Nothing more. No matter how much time we spend together, I'm not going to fall in love with her. At least that's what I tell myself. Okay, so... Ultimate pie day party. First of all, when you read this book, you need to have some sort of snack. You cannot read this when you're hungry. The amount of times that he tries pie in this book. And then, I mean, I cannot bake to save my life. I bought, you know, those like mug cakes that you make in a microwave by just adding water at the beginning of the quarantine. I still haven't made them. It just seems like so much effort. And you're probably like, but it's just add water. Exactly. But. When I'm reading this, when I was reading this, I actually have read it like twice or three times. I've read it more than once, okay? When I was reading it, I was just like, I want to make pie. And then it was like, okay, I can't. So now I just want to go somewhere to eat pie, which is like saying a lot because I'm not a pie person at all. One of my really close friends, when she got married, like the dessert was pie. And at first it was like, oh, I don't know, but there was a salt and honey pie that was crack literal crack must have been baked in because that's how good it was i was like willing to lick the plate i would have licked the floor if it fell on the floor anyway like too much information but yeah this book made me really want to eat pie and it's specifically the pies that they mentioned because it all sounded so 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 good and what i like about this is like We've got this guy with this really great business who wants to like impress his father who, you know, hasn't spoken to him in 17 years. And then we've got this small business owner who's this woman who is really trying to get her business off the ground. And like they work together and then they work together so closely that, you know, <laughs> I mean, it's a promise. They fall in love. Come on. But I really, really enjoy this. And it real. I feel like this is like this is the first business that we encounter right on baldwin street in baldwin village and it's like oh and so in this book we we all meet the heroine of book two which is ice cream lover okay and ice cream lover is also has a, a shirtless man on the cover he's wearing a shirt is not tucked into his pants 
but he does have it rolled up so you get a little bit of forearm action um and well, another scrumptious just like you know you might want to mop up some drool um here's a blurb meet droolum i hate ice cream ever since my fiance left me at the altar and skewered me in her bestseller, Embrace Your Inner Ice Cream Sandwich, Finding the Positive You in a World of Negativity, I haven't been able to stomach the stuff. Unfortunately, my five-year-old niece is a budding foodie, and her favorite place in the world is Ginger Scoops, a cutesy Asian ice cream shop. Since I've been looking after my niece a lot lately, I've spent too much time there sipping black coffee, refusing to eat ice cream, and trying not to look at the owner, Chloe Jenkins. Chloe is obnoxiously cheerful, and I can't stand her. Naturally, I end up kissing her. But I've sworn off women after the fiasco with my ex-fiance, and I'm convinced I'm no good at relationships. Still, with Chloe, I'm tempted to do the impossible give love and ice cream another chance so guys imagine you meet a guy who's like oh so hot and you happen to own and run an ice cream shop and then he's like yeah ice cream gross nasty hate it what do you do how do you cope now, I'm not, like, a huge fan of ice cream. I know that there are people who eat ice cream, like, all the time, like, have it stocked in their fridge and just, you know, there's a blizzard outside and they're eating ice cream. Girl, no, that's not me at all. I literally only eat ice cream. Okay, not literally. I almost always only eat ice cream in the summertime after having gone to some, like, fancy-schmancy ice cream shop to get some, like, weirdo bougie flavor but like having ice cream in my freezer go by um i i do it like once i want to say a couple every couple years but like (laughs) like on the regular no but at the same time i don't hate ice cream of course i also you know have never had an ex-fiance um write a book where they allude to me being the problem in their life and then equate me to being an ice cream flavor and all that that entails so So one of the things that I love about this book, um, Drew's niece, the little foodie, uh, who's five is, she's incredible. Like I want, I would like, can I, can I special order a child like this? Like she wants to go to this like Asian like ice cream shop because she doesn't like like regular ice cream from an ice cream truck. That doesn't taste good enough to her. Like she wants good food which like i love that concept because i always want good food it's like don't give me crappy food give me something that's good and delicious not like you know just whatever like nah like let's let's eat the good stuff so she is absolutely adorable a scene stealer like i love her she's so cute drew is I mean, I guess you can consider him a grumpy sort of main character. And he definitely is kind of like, ice cream, gross. But he really likes Chloe um, and ends up falling for her. And Chloe has, of course, her own issues. I mean, she's a small business owner and all that that entails. And again, I love that in the series, we now have two small business owners that are women who are succeeding and doing things for themselves and making the choices to go out on their own i mean it's a risk but they you know take that that leap and it's 
I really, really, really enjoy um, the two of them coming together since it's so, it's, you know, it's not like enemies to lovers, like they don't hate each other, but she does have to sort of work around the fact that he doesn't like the thing that she's sort of making her living off of, which seems kind of like, wait, what? How? Um, but he has valid reasons, right? And his ex fiance, ugh, her I didn't like. I was like, girl, gross, bye. Just go away. You're a poopmeister. Okay. And then the last book, Baldwin Village Book Three, is Man versus Dorian. Okay. Here is the blurb. Meet Peter So. Durian is my nemesis. We have a long, painful history. In my opinion, the spiky fruit smells like natural gas and rotten onions with eau de vomit. Bleh. So when Valerie Chow spills her durian ice cream all over me, I shouldn't fall in love. But despite her fondness for durian, Valerie is beautiful and delightfully prickly and stares at me when I take off my soiled shirt and somehow... This chance encounter leads to me agreeing to be her fake boyfriend to get her mom off her back about her dating life. Her supposed boyfriend is a pediatric resident, but no big deal, right? My job's in landscaping, but I can pretend to be a doctor. I'll charm Valerie and her family, and I'll figure out why she's scared of relationships and gave up her career in software development. I'll even take her to a Dorian dessert shop, and if I do a great job at being her fake boyfriend... Maybe she'll want me to be her real one. Okay. You're probably like, wait, it's what? So Valerie's like, oh my god, my mother won't leave me alone about not dating. So she technically like makes up a boyfriend and then mother's like, I want to meet him. And then she meets um Peter and then she ends up being like, come on, Peter, help me out here. And he says yes and the reason why peter says yes and i love this is because he's like well if i fake if i help her she'll see how cool i am and want to date me even though she you know literally has just been like yeah no that's a no-go here i thought that was really interesting because i think sometimes in romance or or maybe i'm not thinking so much romance maybe i'm thinking soap operas but this idea that like sometimes you know female characters are like oh well if I just spend enough time with him and show him how awesome I am he'll see how cool I am and fall in love with me and instead like we've sort of twisted that and it's like no he's like well if we spend enough time together she's gonna realize that she wants to be in a relationship with me um because that's what Peter wants he wants to be in a relationship and specifically specifically with Valerie so I like that we get that you know that this fake dating that the stakes for the fake dating are so much more higher for Peter than they are for Valerie at first. Because Valerie really just wants to throw her mom off the scent of like, you know, her not having a relationship. Where Peter's like, no, I want to become, I want to have a real relationship with you. So if it, the only way to do that is to help you in this manner, then I'm all for it. And I really, really... um enjoyed that now there are you know valerie uh who works at chloe's ice cream shop chloe from book two is working at the ice cream shop because of um 
and incidents with um, sexual harassment at her old job. So if that's something that you know might set you off or you're not in a space to read, then, you know, hold off on reading this book. It's not like, oh, it takes over the storyline, but it is mentioned and I don't want you to be like, bitch, you couldn't say something? And me be like, oops, my bad. So sorry. Um, I suck at that sometimes at, at picking out or I know at realizing that certain things will be triggering for people so I apologize in advance but I really like now if you haven't noticed right pie day pies ice cream lover ice cream Dorian but she's all into about Dorian which you know I think I tried it once and was like dear god no I'm, I mean it's for someone right some people love it I'm just not one of those people I like Peter I'm like this is nasty you is crazy what in the world? Um, but I love that this series is all about food and using food to as a way for two people to make a connection and to not just make a connection, but also show care and love and all that that entails. I, and I love that partially because I love food. And I think that feeding someone, whether you made the meal or you procured it aka bought it and brought it to them and remembering the little things that this person that you're falling for or have fallen for um or is just important in your life enjoys I think that that is so wonderful because I I that's something that I like to see in my own personal life you know this idea of being like oh this is someone I really care about and I know that they love you know Soylent, and so I went out and I got them Soylent. Um, actually, I don't know if that's even a true statement, but you know what I mean, like su- stuff like that. Like, oh my God, this person really loves cupcakes, so I made sure to you know just surprise them with a cupcake, or got them a cupcake tower for their birthday, or so and so really really loves like raclette. Ooh, gross, but people like it, and so all three books. Because it's really these three. The novella doesn't really delve into food in the same way. But the three books do. I really, really enjoy that. Because it's like... Food, it, to me at least, is a way in which you show care and affection. Because, I mean, like, who doesn't like to eat? Oh, someone's gonna be like, Esther, I don't like to eat. It's just fuel for the body. Well, guess what? I'm not one of those people. And these characters aren't like that. So that's not the case. Okay, now the last uh, series uh, that Jackie has um, is the Chin Williams um, series. It's two books. First book is Not Another Family Wedding. Ooh, and this... Oh, okay. I'm going to read you the blurb and then I'm going to go... Going to go into why this is so, so, so good. Natalie Chin Williams might be a cranky professor of climatology who thinks the world is doomed but she believes in lasting love just not for herself she has a long history of failed relationships plus the men she dates inevitably want children and she doesn't now 36 and single natalie expects endless comments about her love life when she attends her baby sister's wedding worse weddings are always drama-filled disasters in her family she needs emotional support to get through the weekend, so she enlists the help of her friend Connor Douglas, the dependable, the dependable family doctor. The wedding reception goes south when a drunk aunt renounces a family secret that sends Natalie reeling and shakes her faith in love. Luckily, she has her longtime friend to lean on, a man she somehow ends up kissing. 
But there's no way this could turn into anything lasting, is there? That's impossible for her, especially now. Okay. You're going to be like, okay, so Esther, why were you like, ooh, this book? So in the wonderful, wonderful world of romance, very, very, very often we have characters who are like, I don't want kids. And then when we get to the end of the book and they're happily ever after, whether it's the last chapter or it's the epilogue, someone's knocked up and happily awaiting a baby. Cannot wait to be a parent or they've adopted or a surrogate or something that resembles, you know, the quote unquote nuclear family. Um, and here's the thing. Not everybody out there wants kids. And even when they find that one person that fits their life and is who they want to spend the life, the rest of their life with, doesn't mean that all of a sudden now that they found the one, they're like, oh, okay, well, now that I found you, I guess we'll increase our family household by breeding. Some people just don't want kids ever. And that's okay. And you know what? Sometimes people who don't want kids find other people who don't want kids and they fall in love and they're happy together without kids. And that is okay. This book gives us that and it doesn't sneak surprise in a baby out of nowhere. It, this book gives us a heroine who knows what she wants and that doesn't change because she meets the one. Right. And Connor isn't like, oh, no, to be with me, to be with you, there must be baby too. Like, no, he's just like, cool, that's that's fine, because w you and I are enough together. Um, and I think sometimes. Not sometimes, I think that isn't something that we see as much of in romance, which is a conversation to be had because like why does the happily ever after happily for now have to include the promise of a future generation why can't it just end with the two of them and maybe it has something to do with the fact that maybe it's that biological imperative to reproduce so that the humanity continues mm, but maybe not maybe we're just conditioned that way but that's a whole other combo um so yeah i really enjoyed this and like I also liked that, that in this family, like the drunk aunt, I mean, she lets out a doozy of a, of a, of a secret. And it's like, girl, if you don't messy drama, what? Okay. So then book two, it's called, he's not my boyfriend. Um, so let me read the blurb. Now that her cousin has tied the knot, Iris Chin, structural engineer, party girl and queen of kitchen disasters is the last single grandchild her mother and grandmother are desperate to play matchmaker though iris doesn't understand why they had miserable marriages and she doesn't want to be like them she enjoys her independence thank you very much one night stands are more her style unfortunately she soon discovers that she's working on a project with her latest one night stand alex kwong a construction supervisor She's she's determined to stay professional at the on the construction site, but things get off to a bad start when Alex lets slip to a coworker that they slept together. To make matters worse, Iris is now living with her grandmother, who keeps stealthily setting her up on dates and sticking her nose where it doesn't belong, and her mother is just as bad. 
But more than anything, it's her unwanted feelings for Alex that are derailing her plans to have an exciting single life. Okay, uh, Jagula includes in this blurb that there's a content warning for grief because the hero's mother died of cancer several months before the beginning of the book. So just putting that out there. This book, okay, so Iris is kind of like, I'm just trying to like be out here and be single because I'm ready to mingle and like have a blast. And her mom and grandmother are like, you need to find love. And she's looking at them like, y'all, you both had shitty marriages. What are you doing? Why are you pushing this on me? So she has that one night stand with Alex. And then, you know, they're working together. And as a woman in her field of being a structural engineer, obviously you don't want people knowing that you, you know, had carnal relations with the construction, you know, supervisor on the site you're working on. Because it always brings into question all of the shit about like, oh, she must have just slipped her way to get this project or da 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 da. All the, these assumptions that, you know, are made about women who work really hard and never made about men because, you know, men can just, you know, whatever. But it's all, and then grandma also like fully, fully like, tries to get her to date guys i think grandma invites like a neighbor's son over to help clean something up and makes him like do the work shirtless and she comes downstairs and is like why is there a shirtless man here and grandma's kind of like go talk to him which is hilarious um and i just thought it was really interesting um sort of the dynamics of like how do you deal with you know your the older women in your family your mother your grandmother pushing this concept you know, pushing the ideal of marriage and happily ever after on you when it never, it didn't work for them. And you're looking at them like, wait, what? Like, you know, that this doesn't always end this way, but with, you know, by personal experience, like not even like, we're not talking about anybody else. And yet you're pushing this on me. Why are you doing this? I mean, it's a romance novel. So obviously they end up together, (laughs) but I thought it was really, I, I, I liked that the, that that conversation was looked at and touched upon because like yeah what is that like when you have the women in your family being like you need to find love and all this and you're looking at them like you didn't find it and you were miserable why are you why would you want me to go down this road like what does that mean um and so I really was like "Ooh, okay let's see how this works out for Iris um and her living with her grandmother is hilarious um Jackie has a real talent of writing secondary characters like a grandmother or a niece that are like hilarious right absolutely like have me like laughing and cackling and just being like oh my god like what um when you go to her website jackielowbooks.com which i will you know will be in the show notes uh right underneath her name it says hashtag asian rom-com and to me this is rom-com it's weird that rom-com as a term is hard for me because i don't i don't you're gonna all be like jacques but i don't really like watch rom-com movies i tend to just kind of be annoyed by them not all but it's just like like i'm sure if you made a list of like the top 10 rom-com movies i've seen like maybe one or none um i also have a whole thing with movies i i don't watch a lot um so but 
in term like if we're talking about like in book form then she is spot on her books are have romance and have comedy together and it is done so so well and I enjoy it so so much like I know when I pick up a Jackie Lyle book that I'm gonna get a really great book that's set in Toronto the city that I grew up in and it's going to make me at least while I'm reading the book love that city in a way that I you know like I've said more than once I have complicated feelings about my relationship with the city but she writes a Toronto that I'm like yes that that is correct that is what I envision and the characters aren't just the characters feel full-fleshed and real people that I could be friends with except they're on a page um and you know that would be weird if they came to life oh you know what I just had a crazy thought I would love to see some of these books or series developed into like a Netflix movie or Netflix episode series. Wow, that you know what I meant. Um, or Hulu. Like I would love to see these like um, on a screen um, because I think that they are both funny and romantic and filled with like just wonderful moments that I think would translate well to the screen. You might read them and be like, I think you're wrong. And that is okay because we're all entitled to our opinions, even if they're wrong. And when I say wrong, I'm not talking about me. No, I'm kidding. Um, But yeah, no, her books are, if you are just like, oh, I wanted to read something and I wasn't sure what, and I want to read contemporary, start, just go look for Jackie Law books. Like they are wonderful contemporaries set in today's time and with really awesome characters um and if you're like you know what I don't want to read the backlist I want to start with the latest book and work my way backwards well May 26 it it'll be out you know you will be able to read Pregnant by the Playboy and again if you're in your mid to late 30s you may read this book and be like, why does this feel, why do I feel like Marissa is me? Why do I feel like Jackie was was sitting next to me and reading my thoughts while she wrote Marissa? Because, whoa, like, I read it and I was like, oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. It's just really, really like, whoa. And I really, really, really enjoyed it. And it starts out, I feel like it's probably the one book of hers that I feel like starts out real, real spicy. And I mean, you know, like it's not, oh my God, I totally forgot. But I have to tell y'all, in a big surprise for Valentine's Day, right? Remember how I said the cover has donuts? There there may be some, a scene with donuts, such as, you know, a donut and something else. Something that would go through a donut. I'll let you figure that one out for yourself. Um, but yeah, this, I feel like, I mean, there's a scene and I'm, we're back to pregnant by the playboy. Um, the way that Marissa and Vince meet, I was like, oh, is this, it is, oh my goodness. Oh, I love it. 
Oh, and they talk, uh, there is a brief scene where they talk about their fantasies. And I love that it wasn't like, I love that Marissa felt safe enough with Vince to be able to go there. And Vince wanted to make sure that she could vocalize what she needed and what she wanted. Um, and there was no like, you want what? Or Ugh. it was very much like, if this is something you want to do, we can do it. But we'll only do it if this is something you want and you're comfortable with. I love that. I love that so, so much. Okay, so we're all like, oh my god, Esther, you talk so much. I know, guys. Don't you love it? So, Jackie Lau, she is wonderful. I don't know if other Jackie Lau stands have created a name for us. If we've got a, a, a name. But I do know that... Um, she is an author that I'm so happy to have sort of in my Rolodex of authors to read. Um, I know that every time I pick up a book by her, I'm going to enjoy it. It's going to be lovely. And I know that I can reread when I'm feeling the need for some levity and some joy and some, some loving. Um, so if you haven't read her, you need to. If you have read her, then you know what I'm talking about. And you're just listening to me fangirl while fangirling yourself. Um, so yeah, get the, her next book, read her. And I can't wait to see what other books we get from her. Cedric, uh, who is the last uh, Fong brother, is getting his book, I believe, in 2021. And I cannot wait because I have like, I, I have a theory and I hope my theory is right. I'm not saying it because it spoils. Um, but I hope so. And I can't wait to see what else she gives us. Because everything we've gotten so far has been fucking delightful. All right, guys. Next week, for sure, for sure. Shards of Hope by Nalini Singh. For sure, for sure. I'm not playing no games with y'all no more next week. That's what we do in. And from, from next week on out, it's just all you know what comes after that after shards of hope is allegiance of honor after that is silver silence after that is ocean light after that is wolf rain and when wolf rain comes out the very next day y'all will have alpha night alpha night alpha night sorry um i also want to say um what i was like i want to say something and the thought just like flitted away Anyway, since I don't remember what the thought was and the kid upstairs decided to be cray cray, um, have a wonderful week. Uh, be kind to yourselves. If you can, take a moment to just get some sunshine on your face. Obviously, you know, six feet distance from other people. Don't be wild. Don't go park sitting next to weirdo strangers and all that jazz. Um, remember to stay hydrated. Drink your water. Because it's hard, I know, because I'm struggling with that too. Uh, don't forget, you know, take your meds. Don't forget to eat. I've been. I know some people have been overeating during this quarantine, and are like, "Oh, um, I've had seven meals in four hours." But some of us, um, and by some of us, I mean me, are forgetting to eat, and are like, "Oh, I had oatmeal at nine, and it's four thirty. Hmm. So don't forget to eat. I know it's easy to get distracted um, or to, you know, whatever. But don't forget that you still need to, like, take care of your body the best that you can. Um, 
but yeah take care of yourselves i can't wait to talk at you guys next week uh if you have any questions um definitely hit me up on twitter or instagram um ooh the month of may um rom book pod is doing um I guess prompts for romance, like uh, for romance recommendations that are inclusive all month long, um, and it's called the hashtag is rom, bk love. I was gonna say book, but I was like it's not book. It's so it's R O M B K L O V E. So if you go either to Twitter or to Instagram and you enter in the hashtag, then you can see the recommendations that people are doing. Um, Yesterday was space romance, and honestly, I was like, ooh, I think I've only read one. Today is pets in romance, um, and I actually have to go and post mine on Instagram, um, which is hard because I just realized that pets are a big deal in the book I recommended on the first day for comfort reads, so I'm going to have to like find a different book. That's fine. I can do it, I guess. Um, but yeah, definitely check that out if you're like trying to find different um romance new authors to you um from so many wonderful wonderful people um so yeah i can't wait to talk to you guys again and next week and take a care and um eat some tostones no i'm kidding i'm kidding don't do that i mean do it if you want to i just said that because i like scarfed down half a bag like a weirdo. All right. Bye-bye.